Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron and I'm joined by my guest host, Alicia, today. Alicia, thank you for being here with me. Of course. Thank you for asking. Yes, Brie has some important things going on. It is a little sad because, Alicia, this is the recording for episode 200 of the Categorically Romance podcast. It's a biggie. (laughs) It is a big one. I have been here for about half of this time. So I just want to send a big thank you out to the listeners for supporting us, supporting the podcast, supporting all of the great authors that we have been able to chat with. So we are just so thankful and hopefully we've got a good episode here for you today. So Alicia, let me ask you, you like Harlequin Presents? I do. I love them. (laughs) That's actually the first Harlequin that I've ever, I ever read was Presents. do, Do you remember what the title was? No, I remember it looked like, what's his name from Knight Rider? Oh, uh, oh, Hasselhoff. It was an old one. <laughs> yep. You know, maybe it was, a, was it a 90s release? It was a silhouette. It was a present silhouette or something like that. I don't even remember what it was about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, we have got a real special episode today because we are joined by three Harlequin Presents authors that have never been on the podcast before. I want to thank all of them for being here on such short notice. So without further ado, we have joining us Callie Anthony, all the way from Australia. Callie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's awesome. So glad to have you. As well, from Canada, we have Danny Collins joining us. Danny, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on 200 episodes. That's amazing. Thank you, and so glad to have you be a part of it. Me too. And last but not least, we have Tara Pammy joining us as well from, uh, I don't know exactly where, I know the West Coast of the United States. So Tara, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually in Washington, um, and 200 episodes. Wow, congratulations. Congratulations. I have a lot of uh, catching up to do. <laughs> that's, that's all right. It's it's almost impossible with the long running podcast, but appreciate having a listen to our little show we have here. Well, this is really great to have you all here. I wanted to ask each of you, were you a presents or modern reader before you started writing them? Uh, Tara, can you go ahead and start us off? Yes. Yes. I think I've been reading presents since I was like, 13 or 14 um one of my older cousins she used to have like she used to hoard a bunch of these books and she would like pass it down to all the younger cousins I think it was like a rite of passage almost um yes I've been reading presence is my first and forever love and romance to be honest oh that is that is great would your cousin have gotten in trouble if some of the older adults had, had known uh, what was going on she there? would have she would have it was so, <laughs> yeah so um i used to have another younger cousin who came to us after school like after daycare kind of a thing um until his mom picked him up so i had this habit of sneaking all my romances into his school bag because my mom wouldn't check his bag she would check <laughs> mine so after he came home i would kind of sneak them out of his bag and then and then put them on my shelf my dad uh, was also a writer and he he never cared what I read but my mom I think 
um, wondered where I was going to end up because I had this habit of reading romances when I was supposed to be studying for my tests. So yeah, I'd sneak them into my younger cousin's bag. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is some cloak and dagger there. Uh, but you know what? That kind of fits with uh, with the presents theme of uh, drama and sneaking around there. So. Oh, totally. <laughs> Hopefully never got in trouble for that. No, I didn't. And now, you know, my mom, she's the first one who will tell the entire world, oh, my daughter is a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to mom. How about you, Danny? Did you read Presents before you became a Presents author? Absolutely. I love what you just said, Tara, about um, it being a, a first and forever love. It's absolutely true for me, too. I found them at the used bookstore and they were six for a dollar. And I got all of the Harlequins as it, it's interesting because the ones that I saw initially were romance and presents. And of course I loved the presents because they were just that much more exciting and passionate. And then I went through all the new iterations as silhouette and love swept and all of those other publishers. You, I, I'm dating myself age wise. I know. And um, as they all came online, uh, yeah, but I just always kept going back to presents. I just loved them, loved them, loved them. So I don't know what else to say. I've, forever love that's absolutely true Callie how about you did you read presents or or would it be modern for you before you became an author yeah it would be modern but I seem to always know them as presents that's that's how I remember them so I started reading them first when I was in my teens because my mum wanted to write for Harlequin so she bought all these books and after she finished them to write her manuscript I read them and it was like a revelation to me. I just thought, I I just love these. And again, they are my true love in romance stories. I am a pretty wide romance reader, but boy, Harlequin Presents just drag me back every single time. It, they're such fabulous stories. So, yes, I sort of decided back then, too, that I'd like to try and write for um, Harlequin, Mills and Boone as well. And many years later, I did. So, yes, I have been reading Harlequin Presents for a very long time. That is so great to know that uh, these books are inspiring some of my favorite authors to to bring us more of these great stories. And to go off of what Erin just said, what are some of the authors that inspired you in Presents or in other Harlequin lines that inspired you to write? For me, uh, it was Macy Yates. So I had read a number of books, but when I decided to get really serious about writing, my husband went to the department store and bought a whole lot of Harlequin Presents or Modern Romance, and one of them was Macy's book, A Royal World Apart, and I looked at it and I thought, you know, even though Macy is younger than me, I thought, when I grow up, I want to be like her. <laughs> um, it's a book I read every single year. Um, she was the first Harlequin Presents author I sort of followed on Twitter. And I just loved her stories. I don't write like her, but they really resonated with me. She managed to get the passion and the drama and those exotic locations with these fabulous heroines who had this humour about them and didn't take anything from all those gorgeous alpha heroes. So she was really the first one that struck me as just the writing that I really, really loved. And then 
I began reading even more and there are so many Harlequin Presents authors. I, I don't think there's one I don't like, to be honest with you. It's it's impossible to pick a favourite, but that book of Macy's is one I read every single year. Just to remind me of that sort of feeling I got when I read this one story and went, I really want to write these. You know, this is serious. It's not going to be a hobby for me. This is going to be something I'm going to stick with. That's and great. We are so <laughs> glad you stuck with it. <laughs> Danny, how about you? Who are some of your inspirational presents or just category or Harlequin authors? Well, again, dating myself, Robin Donald was an absolute run into the house if it's burning down and get my Robin Donald copies. <laughs> India Gray was another one that I adored. And then Ben, I, I, it took me 25 years to publish. So by the time I was getting up to 20 years and getting really frustrated, <laughs> one of the things that I feel genuinely got me over the hump. So this is just a little pro tip for anybody who's out there that's struggling with um, that same frustration of nothing but rejection. I actually sat down with, um, I kind of did what Callie did and, and bought a whole bunch of fresh presents and really studied them. But one that really jumped out to me was an Abby Green. And um, I literally, it's upstairs right now with all dog-eared pages and highlights and whatnot. And I would look at each page. Okay, what did she do here? Oh, okay, this is the kiss. How does she make it so emotional? How does this work? And I really broke it down. And honestly, doing that, that shortly after that, I did sell. So uh, so she's she's precious to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but they, like Callie says... I, everybody everybody's book I almost can't read them because I feel so terrible about my own writing after reading oh. everybody else's books because they're so good well we we love your books they are oh, they're incredible <laughs> absolutely one of my all-time favorite Harlequin presents is Confessions of an Italian Marriage I have that one I just just love that story I love that story and I it's one of the ones I reread often it's just outstanding I have three presents I read all the time reread it and that is one of them I love it oh thank you Kelly well, how about you Tara did you have any inspirational presents or just Harlequin authors um yes um I think some of my secondhand thirdhand copies that I've read again and again, I think, were Sarah Craven and mm. Mather and some of the newer, more more recent authors. Sarah Morgan, I love Caitlin Cruz writing. Just yes. she, yep. she <laughs> makes me hate the heroes so much. And yet I am in there with the heroine wanting to like just kill this guy and still I love her writing um I also love um Lucy Mundro Amanda Chinelli for her um you know the last few books have been amazing of hers I like um Jennifer Hayward she and I actually sold kind of at the same time I loved her heroines uh, for me I gravitated towards presence in the beginning for the hero but as uh I've been reading for like 20 years now, maybe, or more. Um, it's always the heroine that makes the story for me because she has to bring it to take him on. I also love Kelly Hunter. One of her books, the one that got away, she wrote for Harlequin Kiss, I think. Oh, it's mm -hmm, it's yeah. one of my the most favorite top three romances of all time. There are just so many good authors there. You're naming all these people, yeah. Tara, and I'm yes. thinking, oh, that's I know, and I feel like I'm forgetting more. 
goodness, that's another one I love. There are so there are so many. There are so many of these stories that are unforgettable and I absolutely treasure. Kelly Hunter wrote one about a spy. It was uh, I can't remember the name now, but again, it I think it was probably for Kiss and 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 the hero and heroine were two spies and she was older than he was and. It it just struck me as this, you know, for, for Harlequin Presents, this really groundbreaking type of story and, oh, yeah, all these names. How can... How oh, can... and I'll always pick up anything by Naima Simone and Reese Ryan for Desire mm. Lines. Naima oh, yeah. is one of my favourites too. Yeah, I could go on and on. Like, yeah. <laughs> Reese Ryan is fantastic. Very long. Yes, oh, all all such great authors. When we were thinking up ideas for this episode, we were throwing around the idea of like, well, should we all read like a, a Penny Jordan or a Sarah Craven? But we had such such a time crunch. It's like we can't ask these busy authors to read something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have done it as homework. <laughs> <laughs> I would have too. <laughs> right? I, yeah, that's, that's homework I want to do. <laughs> if, if you ever ask me to read a a, a a romance that's that's fine by me i'm i'm very happy to do that very happy <laughs> oh well maybe we'll have to we'll have to plan a books club for later in this year so i'll, I'll be in touch with everyone yeah, thank you <laughs> perfect <laughs> all of you seem to be at least lightly acquainted with one another have have any of you gotten the chance to meet in person yeah oh danny and i have met <laughs> a couple of times and we've been trying to get together because we're not that far apart. We're only about eight hours apart. So we keep Yeah, I, I don't think it's this... even eight, but yeah, we've been trying yes. to get together for a while, but pandemic and life and just, yeah. Yeah, it's been rough, but I swear we're going to do it. And we, yes. it's going to happen. <laughs> and then I was telling Callie before the, as we were coming into this, that um, my sister lives in Brisbane. So hopefully one day I'll get there and we'll have some coffee. Mm. That would be fantastic. That would be fabulous. I haven't, um, I've only met some Australian-based presents authors, Annie West and uh, Melanie Milburn, and I've also met Jackie Ashenden. But uh, I was contracted just before COVID hit. So I had hoped to go to a whole lot of writing conferences and meet all sorts of people, and, and that stopped everything. That stopped all the travel. That stopped all my grand plans. So sadly, no. I mean, I know some of the Australian and New Zealand ones from Romance Writers of Australia Conference and Jackie Ashenden flies out from New Zealand and Macy Yates has been here as well. So I've met her, but I've never travelled overseas and actually met a broader group, which is a shame. One day maybe, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Stories to look forward to, definitely. Absolutely. I had to giggle there for a moment because probably the our listeners in in England and Europe were horrified at we're only eight hours away from each other. <laughs> I have travelled to the UK and my flight. This was a long time ago. Took thirty six hours from beginning to mm. end. So wow. yeah, I just go eight hours is well to me eight hours is nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, and it's also like by car. That's what we meet. Mm -hmm. We yeah. could actually <laughs> just meet halfway. Right. That was our plan to meet halfway yeah. somewhere and just talk books one day. But yeah, it's gonna come. It Danny. will happen. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What makes the presents line or the modern line special to you specifically as an author? And that that question's for everybody. Yeah. 
Danny, why don't you start us off? What makes it special? Like, do you mean like what makes it stand out? I think it's the fantasy element because a lot of the other lines tend to be a little bit more grounded in reality. Whereas this one, I'm I'm going right now. I'm I'm working on a duet around a surrogacy, and I'm I'm just pulling out all the stops. I'm like, why would I even stop myself with reality? <laughs> I'm just kind of going going crazy with it because I really I look at it almost like um what was Jane the Virgin? What did they call those? Like a, no, a telenovela. Like it's a little bit over the top and melodramatic and well, a little bit, a lot over the top. And you just don't <laughs> stop and worry about reality. You just go for what's going to bring the biggest, broadest emotions. And yeah, that's, I think that's for me, that's what I really enjoy about Presents. So it doesn't have to be realistic. It could just be the fantasy part of it. Yeah. But I also want to say that it has to feel, the emotions have to feel real. They have to right. feel like they're, that, that they are um, properly motivated. Yeah. Great answer. Great answer. Tara, what what makes the Presents Modern line special? For me, it's the emotion of intensity. So I'll take what Danny said and just take it another step because even with that fantasy, we there's so many emotional, that high intensity emotional subjects and points you could still touch. Like for me, like I said, um, there's there's so much scope. Um, as to where you go and so many different voices in the line and for me it always comes back to that high emotional intensity it's like that shot of you know adrenaline for me if I want to just have I have like an hour and a half or two hours and I just want that nice immersive emotional journey and there it is that's what presence has always been for me Callie I'm not picking on you by making you go last but what makes present special (laughs) That's all good. And look, I, I agree with uh, Danny and Tara as well. For me, what I really love exploring in all these books is you have this alpha hero and my goodness, do I love alpha heroes. I mean, honestly, but these are heroes who can literally have anything they want. How you know, and exploring how they go from a situation where they can have and do anything they want. I mean, how do you choose one one woman? The woman walks into their life and completely knocks them off balance and they can't always have her. That's the thing. They might get her for a little while, but all the presents heroines, they really challenge these heroes and that's what I love. I think it it flummoxes them and I just love seeing those types of interactions. But there's a man who everyone panders to. They've had almost everything they want in their lives, albeit with a tragic backstory where there's usually been a pretty awful loss of some sort. So they've lived this almost charmed life of a billionaire and then all of a sudden someone walks into it. And they're thinking, what, what's, what's just happened to me? This person's not doing exactly what I say, and, and, you know, how, how do I handle this? In some way, they morph into this loving relationship, and I think a lot of the female characters, the heroines, teach our wonderful alpha heroes a few lessons. So that's what I love, just exploring that journey, especially of the hero. That's that's what I particularly enjoy about it. I love that word flummoxed. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I, I love too. I love when they're just like, what? <laughs> You're not listening to me. You're not doing what I want you to do. But, 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 but I run a billion dollar company. I don't want to be talking about. And the females, the heroines are just going, nope. <laughs> yeah. 
Love all of those answers. Well, I have a question for each of you, and that is, if you were asked to write for another line in Harlequin, which line would you be most nervous to do? Tara, why don't you start us off? Oh, um, <laughs> probably um, historical. I love, I mean, I love reading historical romances, but I'd be forever worried that I'd miss something or, you know, get some detail wrong or, or yeah, Harlequin historical, for example, would, I'd find it really nervous to write for them. Right. Yeah. It, it does, I think, take a bit of a history buff to, to be a historical romance writer. Which is interesting because I am, I am a history buff. I love getting into those details of you know especially the part that we don't get to see in the history that we read in books and and stuff but actually getting in there and learning points of view of different people whose views are not you know historically been given voice but I would be really scared to write it though still all right Callie how about you which line would you be most nervous to write for I think I agree with Tara. Historical would be a bit nerve-wracking. Funnily enough, for me, it would also be medical romance. I mean, in my day job, I have lots of contact with um, healthcare professionals and a few people said to me, oh, why don't you write medical? And for me, it's just a monstrous big no. And I don't know why, because in many ways it, it feels like a really natural home, but I think it's perhaps just a little too close to uh, what I do day to day um, in the day job. So I think I'd get really nervous about about doing that and also getting all the medical terminology correct because they, they really are. They, they do put a lot of detail into that. And whilst I can talk the talk, I think I'd worry about sounding probably a bit too professional, basically. So, yeah, I think, I think medical just... Uh, would worry me a little too much. Understandable, definitely. How about you, Danny? Well, I've actually dipped my toe into historical, not for Harlequin, but for um, Entangled. And and I agree, medical would also be daunting. It is it is daunting. It's but it's research, and you do it. And honestly, if you're just chasing a romance, you know, you you get those details right, but they're actually a small part of the book because most of it is the actual romance, right? But the one that would actually bother me or or I would say a giant no to would be something like, and this sounds terrible, something like heartwarming. Because even though that's still very much about the romance, I'm like, but where is the sex? <laughs> and <laughs> I really like the hot books. <laughs> so that would be like, oh, I just don't know if I could write 50,000, 60,000 words and we've got a kiss at the end and that's that. I just don't think I could do that. <laughs> oh, can I change my answer to I like the books with the sex? So what yeah, I think I need to be the spicy bit. Sorry for cutting you off. You need to be able to write the spicy bit. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I I just see that as sort of integral to a relationship. So I find the, the books where it's missing, I just feel it's not that the relationships are less believable for me but it, it's just such an important part of the stories I like to read that yeah it'd, it'd be a bit scary to me to try and and write one without that I think well great answers all of you but I would definitely read anything you you all write so if there's by some chance a heartwarming by Danny Collins I'll definitely pick it up <laughs> I'll keep you posted <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk a bit about what you all have been doing lately. Tara, 
you got a screaming review from the Faded Bates podcast. I don't know if you've listened to the episode yet, but they loved, loved your most recent book. I haven't, actually. I've been in deadline mode for so long now, and I usually, I'm a very much last binge writer kind of uh, person, so I haven't. But a friend of mine told me, actually, that uh, they taught, I think it was the Bollywood book. Um, so I, I cannot wait to listen. Well, what can you tell us about Marriage Bargain with her Brazilian boss and its follow-up that's soon to come? Okay, so this one is the first in a trilogy um, of three sisters who were um, brought up by their grandparents. And oh, I love them. I love all three of them. I just turned in the third book, the third sister's book. And the first book, the heroine Anushka is a coding genius. And she's been in love with her mentor, who is her grandfather's legacy, kind of like he he's the one who uh, builds up her grandfather's small IT company into an empire. And she's been in love with Kayo forever. And I really loved this book because I did something a little different because the hero heroine is on in love with the hero from page one. There's age gap. Of course, he's the present hero. He's super protective of her. He's never seen her like that. He's kind of shocked when she lets him know that she's into him. But of course, he pushes her away because all of my present heroes are hon honorable and everything thing and he's like oh my god this can never happen but then they realize that to kind of stop this other faction from taking over the company they have to have a convenient marriage and Nush is like okay bring it on we'll see now you're my husband and yeah goes from there and the second story is the older sister Mira's story the responsible one she's been forever in love with her best friend as a teen this Greek hero, Greek playboy, lawyer. I love second chance stories and their story is them getting back together in a convenient marriage too because they both want to have a child and how it goes from there. In Mira's book, what I love is the hero, the Aristos is in love with Mira from page one. But of course, he's emotionally constipated and it takes him a while to figure that out. But yeah, I love him. It's it's kind of a flip um, on my usual because Mira is the self-sufficient, calm. She won't um, show her emotions and Aristos is kind of like this walking uh, ball of <laughs> angst and he will do anything to keep her in his life except tell her that he's crazy about her. So I really like that hero too because his emotions are like all over the place and he, he'll he go to any lengths to um, keep her in his life. Sounds incredible. I love A Marriage of Convenience. They are just, they are so fun. Yeah, sounds fantastic. Well, Danny, just yesterday on the Harlequin website, a convenient ring to claim her became available for purchase. Can you tell us anything about that? And you have a baby to make her his bride coming out in May, too. Yeah, those are books three and four of my Four Weddings and a Baby Quartet. I'm actually super excited about A Convenient Ring to Claim Her. It's the second book I've ever had that the editor has accepted without revisions. It's one of those ones that just kind of poured out of me and felt really good. I really love the relationship because it's a hero and heroine. He... Um, what do you call it? The, the best friend's brother. He's her best friend's brother. And 
they wind up having this kind of secret affair. They're not really, every time they, they get together, they say that's the last time. Uh, he lives in Europe. She's in Canada. They only get together for family events when it's something to do with her best friend. And, um, and then at the beginning of this book, the affair gets exposed. Everything goes awfully wrong. And, um, I don't, and I, I don't know. I just love it. I love the way the characters interact. Um, there's a family feud. There's a family secret. There's what else is there? Everything. Every, oh, she gets hurt and then he feels awful, which I love. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I just hope that readers like it as much as I do. And um, yeah, it's book three, four, and I'm excited about the whole quartet. Super, super excited about it. I haven't started book two yet, but I'm ready. I'm ready for all of them. Well, Callie. Yes. You had the marriage that made her queen come out last. Was it September? Yes, October? I think it was September. Yes. Yes. What can you tell us about that? So that's the first in a trilogy called Oh gosh, what's the trilogy called? I've just forgotten it. Like literally out of my out of my head. Um, behind the palace behind doors. Behind the palace walls. I can't believe it. I was thinking, yeah, behind the palace walls, Rio, and then you ask me the question and boom, it's gone. So yeah, that's the first in a trilogy behind the palace walls. I wrote that story about, again, it's a marriage of convenience. It's a trope I love. This couple, it's a bit of a second chance romance because she thought she was in love with the hero who's a commoner, a billionaire, and he was just trying to marry her to become a prince. And then her whole family is tragically killed in an accident. She's becoming queen and has to marry to take the throne. So um, it is a marriage of convenience and really fraught for her because she was in love and realised he only wanted her for what he could, she could provide him. The second book came about because... Again, I write a hero's best friend and then fall in love with the hero's best friend. So the hero's <laughs> best friend is a bit of a character, Lance, and that book is coming out in March, engaged to London's wildest billionaire. And he is, as I write my heroes, they're pretty troubled. He is a complete playboy. I essentially love historical romance. I love the Regency rape character, but I will never write historical. So I wanted to bring a Regency rape type character into the modern day. And so that's what he is. He just sets about to be outrageous quite deliberately even though he's a fairly deep thinker because of things that happened in his family background and he comes across the heroine who is best friend to the queen in the first book they meet at the the wedding of this couple and she asks him to help her escape because she thinks she's going to be involved in an arranged marriage and he says yeah sure scandal I can do and he does it very well and they propose a fake engagement and he whisks her out of the country and off it goes from there so it's a lot of fun because when I was pitching it to my editor I was saying and I want to do this and I want to do that in the story she was coming back to me going oh I'm not too sure about any of this <laughs> and luckily she became sure when she saw the story so this story was a lot of fun for me to write it was a bit madcap in places but always it's got that real flavor I think the hero's whole ethos is he wants to make this heroine laugh 
And so that's what he constantly does because she's not very happy for various reasons. So it's got all that drama and passion, but this one probably has a little more humour or fun than some of my other stories, which makes it a little bit different. And then the third one I've just handed in, which is a secret baby trope, and that one is tough (laughs) so I'm just waiting for the revisions back from that that was very the hero has a lot going on and it was uh, quite a difficult one to write it's not one that just flowed so I'll look forward to seeing what my editor says because I sent it back to her with help in capitals and exclamation marks (laughs) that I'm sure it's not as bad as I said, she said to me, I'm sure it's not as bad as you think. I went, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> I'm still waiting. It's been a week. I'm still waiting. <laughs> but that's that That will be an interesting one because a lot, of, a lot of my readers have said, when are you writing a secret pregnancy or secret baby? And this one, it's not forced. It's very naturally a, that trope. But it'll be interesting to see how that one goes and what shape I end up pulling it into. Well, I know we're all very excited for it. I, I like what you said about your hero in book two, because I'm looking at the cover here and he looks so like confidently smug. It's just, <laughs> it's great. I just, you know, I, I do love him. I don't have favorites of my books necessarily. I like them all, but I do, I, I, got my box of books and the first thing I always do is grab one out of the box and read it read it not on a screen this is a book I also always try to find mistakes as well uh, it's just one of those things I do but I loved this one I read it very quickly and it was such fun to read I thought yeah okay I, I think this one is it is so funny because I do it when I'm yeah. stuck because when I when I'm thinking oh my god I'm never going to finish this book and it's going to be an unholy mess then I'll grab one of my titles from the shelf and then just read it and then I'll (laughs) yep exactly you read the book and go okay I've written a book that people read and it's published and and here I have it and not holding it in my hand and it's it's okay (laughs) I I did it I got there so I can do this too yeah absolutely (laughs) I came up with some very presents-like <laughs> scenarios and I asked each of you to come up with a solution or just how you would handle these these scenarios here. So Alicia is going to kick us off with those. The first one is a hero is dragged to a party by a friend and has an intimate moment with a beautiful stranger. Moments later, he discovers it's her party, but it's to celebrate her release from prison. Or what would he do? Can I jump in and just say that after I read all of these premises, I thought the direct response to every one of them was kidnapping. Me too. Just... Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love a good kidnapping here what, on the podcast. <laughs> what is a present if you don't have a kidnapping? Honestly, that's what I figured. <laughs> oh, we are such presents all. <laughs> oh, I, I can, I can answer that one. I really love that one. He's going to hire her for his nice. fun. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Here's this 
she's probably pretty gritty and gutsy and yeah he's going to be like you're going to work for me i have to admit i looked at all of them and i was like well these are all actually a solid premise that i i would at least get a jumping off part but he, please go ahead that's it they're lots of fun yeah because um, i i had a i wrote a a uh, heroine who is a hacker and she kind of takes down the hero and he is a coding genius and she takes down his system so he traces her and he hires her and i was like hey. of course she doesn't go to prison yet but yeah awesome love it Callie, did you have, have anything to, to add on this one? Well, I, I sort of thought it was a, a masked sort of party. Um, so no one knew who anybody mm. was. And he discovers that she is the woman that was allegedly put in prison for stealing from his father. And she's been released oh. because for some reason she's been found not guilty. And he is convinced she's guilty and he is going to make her pay. So, yes, with him, it's a sort of confrontation rather than anything more than that so that was my thought on that particular scenario I, I love all these scenarios by the way I read them and thought oh my goodness plots are coming into my head now which is <laughs> lovely they're fabulous <laughs> yeah they're awesome oh well I would read all of those books definitely absolutely all right, now on to the next one. A famous television show is having a reunion special, but our hero is reluctant to attend because he dated nearly every woman in the cast and all the relationships ended badly. What gets him to the reunion and how does our heroine come to forgive him? Callie, why don't you start us off? Um, on this one? So I, I sort of looked at this and thought, I don't see the heroine as one of his past conquests so mm -hmm. to speak. I saw her as his, I suppose, PA or some other role, a long-suffering role that she held running around for him whilst he was on this program, whilst he was all behaving badly with the cast. And he goes to the reunion because he wants to hire her to essentially get his life in order and she's not returning his calls, but she know he knows she's there. So that's when he's going to essentially meet her and say, hey, come work for me. But, of course, what he doesn't understand, because a lot of these alpha heroes are totally emotionally stunted, is that <laughs> he truly has a bit of a hankering for her as well. But he thinks it's just for her exceptional organisational abilities that he really wants her working with him. So it would turn into a workplace type of romance, I think, for me. Tara, how about you? Um, so this scenario, I saw it as the heroine being the producer of this reunion show. And uh, it's probably his best friend's younger sister. And he's been in love with her forever. And this is his chance to show her that he's changed. And he also wants her show to succeed. So that's why he shows up and she's going to put him through hoops on the on the reunion show. And, you know, he's going to let her because he's finally playing the role of his lifetime to win her heart. So and that's how he's going to get her to fall in love with him. Love it. Of it. He's going to he's going to put himself through the torture for her. Yes. Danny, what did you come up with? Well, everybody else took their homework a lot more seriously than <laughs> I did. Um, I initially I had the same thought as Callie. I was like, OK, she's not she's not one of them. I also in my process, I will often just reject that first kind of thought that I have. And so then I would dig into, OK, what would it really be like to be one of many and maybe 
feeling scorned and um, and how would he get through that whole grovel? I love a situation where people are, where there's a group of people and everybody feels very awkward, where people know what's going on and they're all pretending that they, you know, that, oh no, this is just a reunion, but actually everybody knows that whatever is going on. So I would go there, but I didn't go very far in my mind as to how I would develop that into a full plot. But um, yeah, that's, I think that's what I would do. I would make her really angry with him because she was one of many. And that just, to me, is a bigger arc for her to get over in order to finally, and for him to get over, for her to finally fall in love with him. Who doesn't love a good grovel, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. The grovel always has to match the, whatever the infraction was though. Yes. <laughs> I always, uh, I always say to people, I say, do you know when your book is finished? And I say, yeah, when it makes me cry and it's not crying a bad way that there are certainly some manuscripts where I wanted to weep going I am so pleased you are going out this door but um and mainly that relates to the hero's journey I think for me and it it just that that ending where the resolution is coming and he is really pulling out all stops to say I'm sorry and if at that point of my story the tears come then I go you're done so yeah, that's how I feel. And I do love a good grovel. There's nothing quite like it, especially for these glorious alpha heroes. What better mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. for the book to resolve? Absolutely. Love to see them on there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Alicia, can you give us our sure. next Sure. Um, a prince decided he is removing himself from royal life. His family and half the country are now shaming him. How do you do his meet cute or his true love story? Danny, why don't you start us off on this one? I did have a thought, and now I'm trying to remember what it was. Okay, so he's giving up. Oh, I thought if he's giving up the throne, she's probably the prime minister. They're going, switching over to a more democratic system. And so now she's in charge. And so for him to fall for her, it starts to look like a conflict of interest or that she's using him. However, that complicates things. So I think that's what I would make her. Um, somebody who was in power, and then it gets very complicated. That's a very external conflict. So I would have to figure out some internal stuff. But that's probably where I'd go with that one. I would love to read that one. Can you write it? Okay. <laughs> I'll get right on that. I really like that. <laughs> Dara, how about you? So for me, the, the moment I read it, like it came to me like a flash. So for me, he would have already met her. So it would be a second chance story. So he was a prince when they met. She wasn't good enough for him and his family and the crown and whatnot. And she's walked away and she's like big now. And he's the one who has to, he goes back to her because he lost her because he thought duty was more important than love. And now he's trying to win her back. Love it. Oh, I like that one. So I um, looked at this and, you know, I haven't really fleshed it all out, but I immediately thought a reverse Roman holiday type story. I loved that movie, even though it didn't have a happy ending. And I sort of had the view of this prince wandering around the streets of Rome, sort of running across some commoner on the top of the Spanish steps who decides to show him around Rome, not realising who he is and Somehow true love forming out of that. It's not It's not any more well-defined than that, but it sort of brings me back to Rome. Rome's a place I love, so I think it would be fun to write a story like that. So that was my thought, like a reverse Roman holiday sort of story. 
lovely. That sounds great. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great movie. I need to watch it again. I love the Commodore showing him around too. Yep. That's, that, that would just be so much fun. Yep. All right, and our last one. A social media influencer climbs a sacred pyramid for the perfect selfie, but is accosted by angry locals upon her descent. Who is our hero and how does he save her? Tara, why don't you go first? Okay, so this was the hardest for me because I was like, what are you doing? Why are you climbing up on a sacred pyramid? <laughs> oh, but then um, I thought about it a bit and then I decided the hero would be the local. He's one of the locals. He He's the one who's made strides in the materialistic world and he figures she's already taken the selfie anyway he's gonna um she's clearly like a social media influencer so she's gonna he's gonna have her use her social media reach to bring more awareness to the pyramid to bring you know tourism to it and that's and that's the deal he makes with her and that's how he calms the locals down that she's gonna bring like worldwide awareness to their pyramid and maybe (laughs) fix the economy something like that Callie, how about you? Oh, I loved this particular one, but like Tara, I was thinking, lady, what are you doing climbing up this sacred <laughs> pyramid? Really? Really? Anyway, but let's let's set that aside. I haven't thought about what excellent reasons she might have for climbing up a pyramid. But for me, um, the hero is like Tara, a, a local, but he's a billionaire who swoops in with his helicopter to the clearing and sort of throws her over his shoulder and carts her off. So it's kind of a kidnapping um, (laughs) story because she's a social media influencer and something she said online, he's a hotel billionaire, caused ructions. There was a criticism over his resorts or something similar. So he's rather angry at the unfair criticism of of his, his business and so swoops in and rescues her and says, right, you need to fix this. I've saved you from my hometown's incensed locals you fix all the things you said about my resort, something like that, I was thinking. And, uh, yeah, flies her away in the helicopter to some island somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> that was my thought. Absolutely fabulous. Danny. how about you? Like the other two, I thought, what are you doing, lady? But I think that's the first thing is you have to figure out what's motivating her to do something that honestly is, is a little bit off-center. My, this is terrible. One of my first thoughts was, okay, maybe there's some sort of virgin sacrifice element that we can work with here. Um, <laughs> and so maybe, <laughs> maybe she's up at the top there and there's something going on for that reason. She's, or she's saving somebody's life. Like she needs to be seriously motivated to get up there. And it's not just about taking a selfie for Instagram. So it's, it's a life saving something or other to get her that and she doesn't care what happens to herself at the end of that. He, I don't know who he is. I like both of your guys' answers. Yeah, but he's he's got to swoop in and basically, I think, a kidnapping. He's just got to grab her and, and get her out of there. And then they sort it out wherever they get to. So that was my thought. Excellent. <laughs> Love all of these. And I want all of them to be yes, books now. So. <laughs> this has been great here. Thank you, everyone here. Alicia, thank you for guest hosting. Callie, Danny, Tara, thank you so much for joining us on episode 200 of the Categorically Romance podcast. Where can everyone follow you online? 
thank you and congratulations on 200 episodes. That's such a lot of work and so much wonderful uh, information about category romance. I mean, who doesn't love category romance? Oh, it's just my favourite. Favourite thing makes a sad day brighter, I have to say. Um, where you can find me, oh, look, I'm everywhere. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I have a website and I'm also on TikTok. <laughs> So yes, you can you can find you can find me those places using Carly Anthony or Carly A Anthony. Um, on Instagram, less on Facebook. I also have a newsletter on Substack called Read Write Love, um, where I share my love of everything written. And thank you so much for having us today. I mean, category romance a podcast on that. That's just amazing because even. In the romance subsection, I always find, even though I think category romance brings so many readers to romance itself, I, I still find sometimes like a discretion, like a like a not favorite stepsister feeling for category mm-hmm. romance. So, uh, and for me, um, it's, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. So thank you for having me and congratulations once again. Agreed. Oh, and I meant discrimination, <laughs> not discrimination. No, that's sorry. Um, I, that's exactly true, and that's I'm glad that you pointed that out because it is so true and so nice to have a podcast dedicated to category. It really is lovely. So thank you, and very huge congratulations on 200 episodes. That's amazing, and thank you very much for having us. I'm on, yeah, I'm on everything. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I last year i had a really slow year with social media i stayed off of it a lot this year i am going to actually try and get on tiktok because they say we should they the capital they so we will see (laughs) (laughs) well listeners check the show notes and you can find all of the links for our three awesome authors here as well keep an eye out for alicia's booktube channel that's in the works here soon as we speak so so. oh how exciting congratulations (laughs) yeah yay So hopefully we have a link for that as well. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us for 200 episodes and supporting us. And hopefully we see you around for 200 more.